ESPN 97.5 KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gao media station. Which can cause cramping and diarrhea. Okay, you walk it like a talk it. Walk it, walk it like a talk it. Walk it, walk it like a talk it. Woo. Walk it like a talk it. Hey, walk it like a talk it. Walk it, walk it like a talk it. Walk it, walk it like a talk it. Walk it, walk it like a talk it. Woo. Walk it like a talk it. Talk it, walk it like a talk it. Hey, walk it like a talk it. Walk it, walk it like a talk it. Yeah, take my shoes and walk a mile. Some that you this is Money Line on ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by My Bookie. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. I like that, Cam. Walk it like I talk it. You know who walks it like they talk it? Mr. Mark Klein from Klein's Jewelry. All types of jewelry. Pendants. Earrings. I'm talking about anything. He, he loves doing custom jewelry. That's his thing. You take a picture of it, you bring it there, they manufacture everything in-house. They've been uh, family-owned and operated since 1969. Where can we find Klein's? Oh, 5868 Westheimer Road. Mr. Klein takes a pride in this, Josh. I'm a jewelry guy, straight up. I've always been. Everybody knows that. I met Mr. Klein a few years back. Nothing to do with radio. I uh, I needed some jewelry. Somebody had uh, kind of referred me to him. I showed up. He beat the price. He smashed it. Not only did he do that, he uh, he helped my uh, family get some jewelry also. So after that, we kind of he's been my jeweler uh, jeweler ever since. And we uh, when the show came along, he was a uh, proud 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 to get on the show. So I just wanted to send a big thank you to uh, Mark Klein, and uh, we're glad to have you a part of the team. All right, uh, let's get a we're going to get to our little pros versus Joe celebrity second uh, segment here. But let's uh, let's take a couple calls real quick. So uh, here we go. Tricky Nick. What's going on? Hey, what's going on, guys? I just wanted to say that I love the show so far. And, uh, man, I really do appreciate it because it gives me a platform to ask uh, some of these difficult questions about these little guys because it takes degenerates like you guys to (laughs) to look into these guys. Uh, I got a question about a dynasty league that I'm in. Uh, I got Delaney Walker as one of my tight ends. So, you know, I'm looking to get somebody with a little youth in there on my lineup. So there's a couple guys I was looking at. Hayden Hurst, I know he's he's got a lot of talk about him in Baltimore. Uh, Jake Butt out in Denver, I really like that dude. And uh, what about that Jordan Akins? You think he gave us something to look at? I'll hang up and listen, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Uh, you want to go first, Jerry? Jordan Akins. The the Texans need something right now. They need a sure hand tight end. When Fedorowicz was healthy, when he was keyword. He was a good fantasy option. He wasn't going to win you your weeks, but he certainly wouldn't lose him. Out of the tight end position, you maybe ask for, what, 8 to 10 points? And at this time, Watson will be using whoever that tight end is as a, let's let's call it a safety blanket at some points. So I don't think that Aiken's pick is too bad. And I know that uh, you were pretty happy seeing the tight end catch a few uh, touchdowns the other night. What would you think about him? Yeah, I, I I like Akins. I think he could be 
he's going to be touchdown dependent, which, you know, most tight ends are, let's be real. But, you know, they need a guy like that that can run and he's big and, you know, he's a little older, so he's a little more mature. And, you know, I know the Texans, they, they coached him at the Senior Bowl, so they knew him a little bit. And that, that's why they took him. They felt comfortable with him. So I like him as a, a late round flyer. I mean, he's basically free. You know, there's some drafts he's not even being drafted. You know, I get that we're talking dynasty here, but I think he's definitely worth a late round flyer. I, I love Hayden Hurst. You know, I, I we'll talk about my mock a little later. I took him as a flyer really late after I also took George Kittle because, you know, he's possibly injured. So I think Hurst is a guy that they're going to need. They took him in the first round. I think he's a great play. But as far as Delaney Walker, I, I know you're you're a little down on him because he's older and you're in a da- dynasty league, but I'd love him this year just as a, he's a good value. You know, he reminds me of, you know, a, a, a poor man's Tony Gonzalez kind of at the end of his career where he just knows how to, you know, body dudes up, get in the end zone. He can create a little separation. You know, Mariota trusts him. He, you know, he's been there. So I actually like Walker. He's one of those guys this year, him and, and Olsen, that I'm targeting kind of, you know, in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. It, you know, all these drafts are kind of fluid right now because every time there's a preseason game, the ADP kind of fluctuates and changes some things. But Walker's a guy I'm targeting and uh, Greg Olson as well because I don't want to spend a third round pick on Kelsey. I don't want to spend a second round pick on Gronk. So those are the two guys that I find that, you know, you're, you don't hate yourself for spending a fifth or sixth round pick on one of those guys. So uh, yeah. let's get to our next caller here. This is uh, David. Hey, guys. Great show. Thank you for taking my call. This yeah. is about Dante Foreman from the Texans. Mm-hmm. I know that Achilles is hard to come back from, but yeah. is it worth getting Dante Foreman in later rounds or even to spend a you know a pick on him uh because i think he's a home run hitter but i know he's injured uh i guess i'll go go ahead i'll hang up now and listen okay you got it uh i'll go first on this one i think with foreman we need to know if he's going to be on the pup list right you know if he's going to be out the first you know month of the season then at least then He's probably a guy you can pick up on the waiver wire if that's the case. You know, you don't want to have to go that long with just a dead roster spot to start your season because especially depending on how shallow your roster is and, you know, how many bench guys you have. So I love the upside of Foreman. I'm with you on that. I I think if he bounces back, he's going to he's going to be the dude. But man, it's a tricky injury and uh, I'm not going to draft him until I know he's not going to be on the pup list and I actually see him out there running. And this actually goes back to like the Lamar Miller topic that we discussed. How much faith do you have in Miller? How much faith do you have that he turns into somebody that can be depended on this year, not just someone just very mediocre? If you look at Miller last year towards the end, after Foreman tore his Achilles in Week 11, he was being outcarried by Alfred Blue through a, in the Weeks 15 through 17. He was outcarried 14 to 27, so... That just goes to show you kind of where the Texans were mentally, I think, saying, hey, let's see what else we got at this point. And the Dante Foreman injury was was such a punch to the gut because he was starting to look explosive. He was starting to look like, hey, we might be onto something here. Then he tears that Achilles. And we know how bad Achilles injuries are from players like Foster, Arian Foster, you know, from here, Andre Brown, Liddell White, uh, the Vic Ballards of the world. They they struggled to get back to what they were and we didn't really get to see who Foreman was too much, but the little, the little glimpse we saw it sure made me proud to have him on the team. 
no doubt about it. So that's kind of where we are in form. And let, let's see how the rest of the preseason plays out. Hopefully you're not drafting, you know, this weekend or, or next weekend. Hopefully you're not because you're going to have to make a call on Foreman. And, and until you know he's, you know, going to play and can run, it's hard. Those roster spots are valuable. So uh, let's go ahead and, and uh, kind of segue here to our pros versus Joes celebrity pick em segment. All right. This is kind of where you know we get some. We're going to have uh, Fred Fowler joining us. We're going to have Exo Holly. We're going to have uh, next week Lance Zerline. And I did get his pick this week, so I, I know where he's going to come out on this. So I, I can just pass it along to you guys. And we're also going to have Eric Sandler participating. So let's go ahead and get in. We're doing Dallas Cowboys win totals. Now, when we found this win total, the number we found originally was an eight and a half. So that's that's what we're going to go off of for this segment's purposes. And I tell you, Josh, that's why I gamble at my bookie because they had nine and it was less juice. So, and I'm not just throwing that out there because there are guys, or maybe I am, but I bet it on my bookie. There you go. So, you know, my bookie has it at nine. The first number we saw was at eight and a half. So that's what we're going with. So let's uh, let's see what Fred Fowler thinks about the over under on the win total for the Dallas Cowboys this season. All right, this is Josh Jordan, and I am joined by Fred Fowler, and we're going to do a little over-under pick this week since the real games haven't started. So our first over-under on wins for the season is going to be the Dallas Cowboys. That number is set at 8.5. So, Fred, what say you and the Dallas Cowboys? Well, I think that number's right where it should be, but with a healthy Zeke Elliott, I think they're a 9, maybe a 10-win team. I think they're probably second in the division. I still think they're better than the, the Redskins and the Giants, so I'll, I'll take the over. I'll hold my nose while I bet it because I'm not crazy about it. <laughs> But I will take the over for the Cowboys at eight and a half. All right, there you have it. Fred takes the over. With his nose held. <laughs> when you're picking Cowboys, that's, that's how you have to do it. So who else is better to come in and take a big dump all over the Cowboys than, uh, than Holly? Holly's on hold. Uh, Holly, why don't you jump in here? And, and what do you think on that number for the Cowboys this year? Hey, guys. Um, okay, I'm not being biased or anything, but I'm going under, Definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, you've got Dak and who? Alan Hearns. Health is always an issue there. I think that the loss of Witten and Dez is going to be a bigger factor than most people think. Um, and then there's a lot of hype about this defense. I don't know if I was drunk or asleep. Did something <laughs> happen that I wasn't aware of? Because as far as I'm concerned, the secondary is still garbage. Snakely may play two games on the schedule. And can we get a roll over under on Mike? How many people on the team are going to be suspended when the season starts? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> no, but really, I actually have the Giants coming in second in the division and Dallas spinning third, so I'm going under. Oh, wow. Okay, so I guess you have the Redskins in the basement. <laughs> hey, okay, yeah. Actually, I kind of wanted to make my own bet with you guys. Y'all have the Colts being relevant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually the only one at the station, I guess, that doesn't believe in them. They're kind of like our Redskins. I'm still not seeing them as even a factor in the division so i feel i I see them winning eight about eight games so that that's why i took the over i think they'll be right around 500 but i I feel you there and as far as the cowboys go i'm actually with you holly i went through their schedule today and i'm i'm gonna take the under as well with dallas i just i don't love their schedule they have to play the afc south which is a tough division now so i'm going under with dallas as well jerry where are you at Uh, yeah so i'm on the under as well the revolving door which is going to seem like for the wide receiver one their main target at uh, who is it at this point hearns maybe gallup Gallup, maybe the rapper beasley i mean (laughs) what are we doing here and i saw 
that comment that you put on Twitter that somebody had posted that this defense was something to be scared about and I went back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, uh, seriously. I was like, whoa, this is a little hmm, yeah, I don't know. I think they're jumping they're jumping on board a little too fast here. I'm not seeing anything special. And I find that interesting, but you know, I talked to Lance and he took the over as well. And I find that interesting that Lance and Fred took the over on the Cowboys. Uh, send them your hate tweets if you like, um, <laughs> Texans fans. But, no, I mean, they took the over. And, um, you know, these guys know their stuff, obviously, or we wouldn't be asking them to, to talk about this stuff on our show with us. But uh, all of us here, we're going, we're going with the under. So, I guess kind of different thoughts on Dallas this year. It's kind of all over the map. I, I, They're going to be yeah. 0-4 when they come to Houston. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How I mean, like seriously, pull up their pull up their schedule though. It's going to be some back to back big L's they're going to take, and it's going to be pretty pretty fun to watch. Definitely, definitely. We have Holly Seymour on the line right now from Sports Map, the rising star around here on Gal Media, and let's get to let's get to what I really want to ask you: What are the Eagles bringing to the table this year? Uh, what are we not bringing to the table? We're repeating. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Winsylvania. Do, do you see Wentz picking up? Where he left off, do you see him being maybe a little timid on that on that injury? Uh, do the, does the coaching staff let him rip it? I mean, what's going on here? Does does Ajayi break through like we thought he would? I mean, what's going on? Let me know from well, a Eagles fan. She's a diehard Eagles fan, uh, the enthusiast that I that I want to be. Um, she she rocks the Eagles, <laughs> and that's why I want to know. I, I straight up want. I mean, she went to an Eagles preseason game. That goes and tells you everything right there. Gotta love the city, hey. But no, I mean, I feel like there's always concern when you're coming off of a major injury like that. But actually, I feel like Wentz and <clears throat> Watson, they're actually alike in a lot of ways. I feel like they're going to bounce back both of them with no issues. I'm really not worried about that at all. <clears throat> and we're pretty much the same team coming back. I think we only lost a few players, so you're going to see a lot of what you saw last year. It's going to be it's going to be nice and. People are like, oh, you don't see repeats, and teams usually don't bounce back like that. I think we're going to shock everybody again, so don't be surprised. Yeah, and I agree. Uh, they didn't really lose many pieces. They lost, what, Torrey Smith on offense and replaced him with Mike Wallace. That was not a loss. That was a win for me. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's an upgrade, I think. <laughs> and the good thing about the Eagles that people don't realize is that the defensive front, that they have so much depth at the position that they rotate players consistently and they keep them fresh. Oh. You know who my favorite back is, too? Um, I don't know what you guys think about your fantasy football opinion on this. Corey Clement is my favorite back that we have. Hey, definitely. I think that he's highly underrated, and in later rounds, he's going to be a steal. I, I agree. How does uh, Sproles coming back, do you think, is going to eat into his touches for this year? I, To be honest with you, I don't know about that because – I think it's going to be his last season playing. We can use him in so many different positions. It's a tough one to call. He might get more touches, or we might play him more on special teams. We can put him anywhere. So. And the good thing know. about Sproles is they re-upped him. I think it was a one-year, one-point-four uh, contract. So. Yeah, he announced his retirement after this season. So it's so this is going on with the bang. Okay. Yeah, I think if he wouldn't have got broken into like fifty billion pieces last season, <laughs> he would have retired after the Super Bowl. And but. if we look, if we look at what he was doing before he went down, he was averaging about forty-two snaps and about nine and a half touches a game. Which for someone like Sproles that you know is not going to be a three-down back, and it's not an every week starter for yourself, and you take him as a let's say a fill-in, a bi-week fill-in, he was a good option to have 
at the point, I mean, he what? He's thirty five years old. Yeah. I mean, him and Frank Gore. What? Yeah. <laughs> what are they eating? And that's kind of what you hope that you get in Indianapolis uh, with Frank Reich, and hopefully he remembers what he had with Sproles, and he can do that with Hines over there. And I guess that's what a lot of people are trying to predict, and then that's why they're taking him. But what people don't realize is that Frank Reich didn't call the plays in Philadelphia. He might have had the title, but. Peterson was ultimately the one that called the plays, and that's something we're going to have to watch over on Frank Wright because that's not the first time in his career that he's had the title, but he doesn't ultimately call the plays. He had the same problem in San Diego. So let's see what happens. Let's see if they uh, if these Eagles bounce back like they were because, I mean, Nick Foles was king. He was king. He was king. And a lot has to do with at first when he started – Remember, it was kind of rocky when Wince went down. You started thinking, wow, this, this is such a good team, and it's such a shame. I cried in the bar. Are you kidding me? I cried in the bar. <laughs> and, and I was like, I love Nick Foles because like, he knows our offense and everything. But Jesus, he gave me a heart attack all of those playoff games until the Super Bowl. And it happened there on a touchdown. I was like, oh. <laughs> <And> on a <laughs> touchdown. I remember seeing the touchdown, watching him run in and see him kind of limp off. He came in, ran another play, and I was thinking, wow. They announced it, and I'm thinking, man, he's a that guy's a fighter. I would love to have him on my team. Trust me, I cried too. He was my quarterback on my big money fantasy <laughs> team. It's like, no, that was one of those leagues where I took Andrew Luck, and obviously that didn't work out. But you know, I took Wentz as a flyer to kind of back myself up, and boy, that paid off until <laughs> until Wentz went down. But uh, all right, thanks for the uh, the content there, Holly. We like the inside information on the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, why don't you tell everybody no where they can uh, where they can find you on social media? Uh, you guys can get at me on Twitter and talk some smack to me, XO Holly. Um, you can also check out my uh, my website is just holly.football. I do a little bit of gambling during the season as well on my own and some recaps. And then, of course, on SportsMap. Awesome. So. Holly's going to be with us all year, so you guys check out her content. She's going to be making more videos. We, I think we have one coming out this week, actually. So, so look forward to that. Thank you for being on with us, Holly. And uh, Thank this, you guys so much for having me. Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. So uh, Thanks, Holly. Yeah, Holly, she's great, isn't she? <laughs> all right, guys, I look forward to listening to the rest of the show. Congrats. All right, thanks. Take care. All right, okay. well, we are just getting started on Moneyline. We are going to uh, take a break here, and uh, we will be right back. ESPN 97.5. Yeah, yeah, God. Got them tennis chains on, and they real blingy bling. Draco make you do the chicken head like chingy ching. Walking Neiman Marcus, and I spend a light 50 50. Please proceed with caution shooters, they be right with me. 21. Bad, bad, cute face, and some nice tubes. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN975.com. Presented by Klein's Jewelry. Live from the Wreckerswarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. All right, welcome back. I'm probably the most excited about this segment because it's about fantasy running backs. And if you've ever played fantasy before, and let's face it, you have, or you wouldn't be listening to me right now, it's all about the running backs this year more than ever, and especially in the first round. So kind of here's what it looks like 
you're going to have your choice of kind of the big four guys at the top of the draft. So if you have kind of picks one through four, you know, you're typically going to be looking at, you know, Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, Zeke Elliott, and, and David Johnson. Those are almost every mock I do. It's those four guys in, in some sort of order, you know, depending on PPR, maybe you see Bell or Johnson go a little higher. Uh, but, but for most, you know, just in general, that's the way the draft is going. So, you know, if you're in that top four pick range, be excited because you're going to get one of those dudes. And that's how you build your fantasy team is, you know, you grab one of those running backs. Now, after that, that's where it gets a little tricky. Sometimes some of the receivers start getting taken here. And I'm, I'm talking about, you know, Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham and DeAndre Hopkins. Those are really the only three receivers you're typically going to see go in the first round. Every now and then you'll see Julio Jones at the very back end. But for the most part, it's those three guys. And then it's a little more questionable, right? Because the next running backs, Alvin Kamara, who, man, I love him, but he's only done it one year. Leonard Fournette, a little injury prone, only done it one year in the pros. Kareem Hunt, fantastic last year. Once again, a guy that's only done it one year. So for me... That's where it gets a little tricky because maybe you feel like a guy like Beckham or Antonio Brown's more of a sure thing in the first round than maybe Kareem Hunt or Leonard Fournette or, or Kamara. So that's kind of where you have to decide what you feel more comfortable with, but always keeping in mind what's going to be coming back to you in the second round. You know, for my strategy, it's all about getting the best two guys to start my team. It's not about the first pick. It's a, it's about, you know, getting what I think I can pair that guy with to start my team. So, and I don't like taking a lot of risk in the first round or the second round, to be honest, but I don't know about you, Jerry, but like Camara, I like him. I know he's only done it once. You know, some people are saying, Oh, he could bust like CJ Spiller did a few years ago. And Hey, it's possible. He's not a real big dude. And he did have a concussion last year, but you know, with the Mark Ingram suspension, the Saints, when did they, when have the Saints not had a good offense? Can you remember the last time that happened in recent memory? Like, no. So I did Kamara. I also like Fournette. The injuries worry me a little bit, but if that dude is on the field, he is getting touches. They add Norwell at guard. I think he could lead the league in rushing. He's going to get a lot of opportunity. That's the way that team is built is for him to run the ball. And then with Kareem Hunt, when does Andy Reid not had a running back that's been a, you know, a top 10 pick? It, you know, it was Jamal Charles, LaShawn McCoy. I mean, we, we can go back. But, uh, so th- those are the guys, and that, that's seven guys that I name right there. I- I'm trying to get one of those guys on my team. And then when you look at the back end of the first round, you got to ask yourself, am I okay with taking Saquon Barkley? You know, he's a rookie, but, man, the dude looks, he looks like the real deal. And the Giants did. They improved the offensive line. They got a new starting tackle. They got a new left guard. So I think they're going to be able to run the ball a little better. And then and here's where it gets a little more tricky with the running backs. You're looking at Dalvin Cook, and, man, he was amazing until he got hurt. But, you know, that's a little bit of risk right there, right? So Pat Shermer's going now. So. Yeah. But, you know, I was watching their preseason game. They were, they were blocking it pretty good for the backup. So I, I think they might be decent on the O-line. And that's the thing. When you say uh, – when you talk about these top running backs, what are you looking for? What's, what's on the resume of a RB1, a surefire? 300 total touches is what you're looking for whether it comes 279 attempts and 64 receptions for Gurley, for example. Or you have Bell, which surpasses 400 touches, something that no, quarter, no running backs do. In the last decade, only one other running back has done that, and it was Le'Veon Bell. So there you go. it goes to show you the amount of volume that he gets. Now, we know the situation with Bell this year, and now you start trying to think from 
the game inside the game thought, and it's if you were the owner of the Steelers, do you run, do you run him into the ground now because he's going to probably leave, or do you? I mean, what what would you do as the owner of the team, Cam? Would you uh, you let Le'Veon Bell do his thing, wipe, wipe his hands clean, and go somewhere? Or are you going to run him to the ground? I'm running him. I'm running him because <laughs> look, we. Each year we think Bid Mings we're going to retire and he comes back and he's you know he's relatively able to stay healthy but you don't know you you still don't know how much longer Bing Bin's going to be there you know is Antonio Brown going to leave when Bing Bin leaves there's a lot of question marks as far as this this Pittsburgh's offense you know is is Juju Smith is he really going to do what he did last year so for me with the uncertainty with with running backs these days whether it's injury how much contract you know how much money they want if I'm Pittsburgh. I'm getting the most out of Le'Veon Bell for the time that I know I, I have him. So because what what you are you really going to feel sorry if you run him into the ground and then he goes to somebody else? You don't care. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter. So no, I'm I, running him. I, I'm with. You. I think they're following the Dallas Cowboys playbook, right? With Demarco Murray, mm-hmm. you know, you, you run him into the ground until he's 27 or 28. I don't think they can franchise him anymore, and they don't want to give him that big deal. So they're they're going to let him walk and. But that for fantasy, that's good for us, right? I mean, they are going to use that dude. I would say the the downside with Le'Veon is, if y'all remember, you know, he held out last year, and he wasn't great the first two, three, four weeks of the season. It took him a little while to kind of get going. Now, after that, I mean, he was fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but definitely something to kind of, you know, keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, and when you started touching also on those running backs towards the back end of the uh, first round. Let's talk about how important these RB1s are. RB1s last year, let's say 1 through 10, they averaged 287 points total. A wide receiver 1 went through 10, averaged 286. Pretty close, right? Yep. When you go to RB2s, that's the 11th through 20th rank, they averaged 205 points. When you do it on the wide receiver, it's 227. So basically from the drop from the RB1 to RB2 is 28% points. The drop from a wide receiver one to a two is 20%. So that goes to show you, again, the importance of trying to get these running backs. The running back position is at a premium this year, and you have to make sure that you get you at least a one, at least one surefire running back one that's going to get as close as he can to those 300 touches. Yeah, and what do we see with all these running back ones? They catch the ball very well. Yep. All these guys that you're, that you're reaching out there and drafting in the first round are all guys that are going to get you around 60 catches a year which if you're in a PPR league is amazing. So I think that's why all these running backs go super early and why you why you need one. Yeah, and, and to piggyback off of that, it's like having a fantasy player and a half when you have these guys, right? I mean, you know, if you have Le'Veon Bell, well, he's a, he's a great rusher and there's your running back, but then he catches 70 balls. So it's like having a half of another player to go along with the starting awesome running back. So that's why those guys are so valuable. And the other point I really wanted to get to is the, the receivers that are going to be there. If you do go running back in the first round, you want to get one of those elite receivers. And for me, there, there's only a handful of them. It's Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, Hopkins, Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, A.J. Green, and Keenan Allen. And for me, that that's kind of where it drops off after that. Maybe you put T.Y. Hilton in that tier if it turns out luck looks fantastic and he's good to go. But for me, I want one of those receivers I named, and I want one of those uh, running backs I named in the first round. I don't care if I get the receiver first or the running back first. It doesn't matter to me. But just be aware. If you pass and you go receiver, receiver, you got to be cool with, like, Jordan Howard being your number one, you know, fantasy running back and grabbing him in, like, third round, you know, in 
you know, to, to Cameron's point, he doesn't catch a lot of passes. That's why he's going a little later in the draft. So you you got to be prepared that if you're going to go receiver, receiver, you're going to have to be cool with a guy like Jordan Howard being your best back. And when we talk about these pass-catching pass running backs of the football age we live in now, and Jordan Howard has had problems with the drop passes. He yep. led the league with eight one year, and then he had six the next. But you're like, wow, eight, that's not that much. It is when your sample size is small, when you only get 40 total now. Somebody like Bell that's getting 90 to 100 looks. Okay, he drops some. It doesn't look as bad. But when it's taking that much percentage of your total uh, receptions and you're dropping them, then it's a problem. And that's that's why you can't read too much into the preseason and what these coaches or beat writers try to put out because all you keep hearing from the Bears camp is he's catching 200 balls after practice every day. Okay. Okay. Well, let's let's see it. I remember that about Alfred Morris with the Redskins, right? Like, oh, his hands are looking so much better. He's catching everything. And then the whole year goes by and he catches like 22 passes. You know, it's hard to really believe a lot of this stuff that's going around right now. Uh, so take it with a grain of salt, right? One thing I've learned, too, is don't dramatically change your rankings based off the preseason. You know, there's a couple little things that you tweak. But overall – your initial thought going into the season was probably a more accurate one because you're closer to the last season, right? So, you know, you were in the middle of it, the end of last season, you know, you're kind of feeling how everything was. And then you come into the preseason and all the rumor mills get going and don't let it completely sway you a different direction. Cause that can be a big mistake. All it takes is that one beat writer that's sitting there and he tweets out like, Whoa, he's running with the ones. That's all it takes. That one tweet the day the day and age we live in now. Everyone runs through the computers, and now he's the he's the steal of the draft. When it never really is that way. Just look at how like teams like the Patriots perform in the uh, preseason. They run vanilla. It's vanilla. They're not going to show you everything. They of course they want to try out their players in certain situations, but for the most part. They know what they got. Bilicek knows what he's going to do, and he'll put a couple players out there to see if they're even worth messing, worth messing with. But at the end of the day, be careful how much you dive into these. Now, certain backfields, like we spoke of earlier, the Colts backfield, the Redskins backfield, those are things to keep your eye on now because now those two guys are going to fight for that spot. They're, they're literally fighting to see who's going to be the starter. You can sneak in there, get them at value. But don't overthink what somebody else is telling you as far as these beat writers because they want to they want you don't know how close one of these beat writers is to that rookie maybe he, he that rookie gave him all the all the interviews and stuff and this is how he pays them back blowing them up you never know and at the end of the day you just got to go with what you've seen and what we've seen is i mean these running backs got to be able to catch at the end of the day you have to be able to make yourself accessible for three downs and the teams that don't have a three down back the Bears, Howard, on third downs, what happens when Cohen's in the game? Yeah. So that limits him really to two downs every three, you know, every series? Or what do you do whenever they take a sack on first down and now second downs are for sure passing down? Again, you want to draft for upside, but early, like Josh said, you're not looking for the the ultimate ceiling you're looking for someone that's going to throw up their points week in week out you're not worrying about making any changes to them make sure you dominate the first and second round with people that are sure fire 
Absolutely. I mean, that, that's what you got to do. And you're just playing the odds, right? You know, what's most likely to happen. And I think what we get caught up in is looking at the numbers at the end of the year. It's a week to week game. You know, it's in these boomer bust players, you know, I, I don't want to throw them under the bus, but a guy like Will Fuller, like really low full floor, really high ceiling, you know, but do you know when to start these guys, right? That's the problem. When you have some of these guys and they're on your team, you don't know which week they're going to blow up. I mean, you can look at the matchups and maybe, you know, that tells you a little bit. For the most part, though, it's hard to be confident starting a lot of these guys. That's why they're going in the middle rounds. That's why they're going in the late rounds because you're not really sure when you can start them. You know, in best ball, you're great. You can start them, and whenever he pops off, that counts in your score. But if you're drafting and you're in a normal seasonal league, that's not going to be the case. Uh, so I think we, uh, we're going to get to mock my mock in the next segment, Jerry. And, you know, you brought up the Patriots and there's a Patriots player. I've just been hammering in the middle rounds of the draft. So I'm going to talk about that, but, uh, why don't you tell the guys about my bookie? Again, everything we talk about this show, we try to talk some money, some cash. And at the end of the day, cash is what we want after we win our bets. I win bets. I want to get paid. I don't want to be up at Walmart, like I said earlier, trying to collect from some guy that I don't even know who he is. My bookie, the guys give you all the best odds early. Early is what you want. You don't want these books that don't release lines till Wednesday or Thursday because they're trying to watch themselves. My bookie doesn't worry about that. They release them early, late Sunday night, early Monday. You have the whole slate. You get a chance to touch the line when it's natural it's it's a pure line before the public gets to demolish it and it persuades it in a certain a certain way mybookie.com these guys are mybookie.ag i'm sorry these guys have been around for a couple years now hard they have taken over the industry um just yesterday when i got home they sent out a uh, nfl playbook to uh, everyone i guess that has an account because i got one i mean the retail price on these books are like 14.99 they sent it out to everyone that has an account mybookie.ag the place for all your gambling needs. ESPN 97 5 Listening to Money Live on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Win, 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 win. And that's what we do on Moneyline. We come back to talk about more running backs. What's your thoughts on some. Not running backs that may be in the top 10 at their position. Let's talk about running backs that are under the radar right now that maybe are in a position that they can win a starting spot. Or let's say even if they're a running back by committee that can ultimately help your team as a every week starter. Give me some names. 
you know, I, I think you might get some great value with uh, Mark Ingram. You know, he has that suspension to start the year. But, man, if you can get him in the fifth round, like he's one of those other guys kind of like Bell where I think they're going to run him into the ground because he's a free agent after this year. They have Kamara. You know, he, he held out and got suspended. So, you know, Sean Payton's probably not real thrilled with him right now. So he's a guy I'm looking for in, like, the, you know, the fifth round. Like, you might have to take somebody else, you know, later in the draft to kind of, you know, make sure you're covered. But I think he's a guy I would target for sure. And You know, you know uh, what? Let me cut you off, Josh. Yeah. I'm sorry. Let's, let's, let's give the people what they want. This is a segment called Mock My Mock. My Mock with Josh Jordan. All right. So this is a segment that I'm super excited about. Josh is one of those guys that runs mocks in his sleep. I mean, this guy's coming up here 75, 100 mock drafts deep. So I got a feel that I got a feeling that he's got a real good grasp on where players are being drafted. So he tweeted out his latest mock, and I want to kind of touch on base with him to see. I wanted to give you a perspective on okay, if you're drafted out of whatever hole you're drafted on, on what are what are the options when it comes back to you? Um, and that's where we're going to get into here. His top four fantasy players... And I'm picking from the seven spot, so right in the middle. His top four fantasy players, instead of just going through the whole uh, roster for right now, was Rodgers, Kamara, Drake, Kamara, Drake, and Devontae Adams. And let's throw Hilton in there also. I'm taking it. You got Kamara. What were your options when it came to you at seven? Right there at seven, I'm just looking at you know Leonard Fournette. Uh, Kamara and Kareem Hunt. Those are the three guys that I was really zeroed in on. They were all available to me. I, I like all of them. I would have been cool with any of them, but it was a PPR league. So I went ahead and pulled the trigger on Kamara, and I was pretty happy with that, to tell you the truth. No, I like it. I like it. And that's going to be a tough spot for a lot of people because uh, you're getting the question with Barkley or Kamara at that point. And some people, like I said, even throw Gordon or Fournette in there. It's, it's a tricky spot to be in, being a PPR league. I love the pick. And the other thing, too, is what's nice about the seven spot, as you'll see with my next pick, you're pretty much going to get a receiver that you really like with your second pick. Tell me about this receiver you speak of, Josh. All right. I am I am driving the hype train this year for Devontae Adams. I think he is going to have a huge year. I think if you look back at what Jordy Nelson has done in his biggest years with Aaron Rodgers, I'm expecting production, similar production actually. And I I just love his upside. Now the other guys I was looking at there where I was really fighting myself was AJ green was available to me right there. And I know a lot of people probably would have gone with AJ green and I get that, but I'm all in on Adams this year. You know, the only thing that worries me a little bit is, you know, that he had some concussion issues last year, but man, the guy just gets wrecked and then he ends up playing the next week. I don't know how he keeps, getting through concussion protocol and playing the next week. Uh, He's a tough dude. So I love his upside. A.J. Green, man, I just felt like he kind of opened up a can of quit at the end of last year because the Bengals were terrible. And I had him in a lot of leagues. And it really upset me late in the year because I don't think he really cared that much. And I'm not exactly thinking the Bengals are going to be incredible this year either. And Man, A.J. Green's like 30 now. Man, time flies. So I'm going to go with the youth. I'm going to go with the upside. Devontae Adams is who I took there with my second pick. 
I love it. Adams last year had uh, 75 receptions with almost 1,000 yards, and that was good for about 13.3 yards per reception. Um, I love it. Uh, And that was with Jordy Nelson. Yeah, I get that they add Jimmy Graham, but Jimmy Graham is going to be more of a a distraction, not as far as a a bad distraction, but he's going to draw enough attention to where Devontae Adams is going to have more looks, and he doesn't have to fight with Jordy Nelson for all these looks now. So, yeah, I I think he's going to have a bomb year. Yeah, and I mean, Rodgers didn't play most of last year either. Yeah, I mean, being Rodgers' number one target um, doesn't hurt. No, that is fantasy goodness <laughs> every year. And a lot of times, Rodgers will support two top ten receivers. So, you know, if you like Randall Cobb, maybe you take a flyer on him, kind of, you know, mid to late in the draft and, and hope that he has a bounce back year. I'm just kind of worried. It doesn't look like he can really run anymore. So uh, we'll see about that. But, All right. We had Kamara. We had Adams. When it came back, when it come, came back around to you, Who did you take and why? Uh, This one's where, you know, maybe some people have some hate for it, but I like the pick. And I took T.Y. Hilton right there. And and that's just based on the reports I hear. Ha ha. We talked about not believing reports. But hey, at least Luck got out there and threw the ball around and played in a game. So that's big. So, man, when Hilton and Luck are both healthy... I mean, he, he might have 1,400 yards this year. He's not a big touchdown guy, but I think the yards are going to be big, and I was more than happy to get him in the middle of the third round. I love it. There's some weeks, and we all know where Hilton goes off, those two touchdown, 150-yard games, and that's what you're looking for with somebody like that. Once you get past your first two rounds, like he said, you want your surefires. He got his Kamara. He got his Adams. Now – you take a little bit of a chance saying, hey, I know the ceiling that this guy can have. If luck works out, Hilton works out, and I think it's a wonderful pick. What about you, Cam? What do you think? Yeah, I'm on the little bit of a, do I really want to draft Hilton because he plays for the Colts? But, I mean, look, he, he's constantly performing. He's he, he does what DeAndre Hopkins does whenever he doesn't have a consistent quarterback. He still puts numbers. And let's not forget, he dominates the Texans. So yes. you know he's going to give you two really good games right off the bat. And with Andrew Luck, even if we haven't seen Andrew Luck playing, what was it, 500 days or something like that, there's no signs pointing to him not having a, a bad year. So if, if you're getting Hilton in the third round, I mean, you're talking about a guy that was, for most of his career with Andrew Luck, was was a top five kind of wide receiver. I mean, so you're, you're getting a huge steal. So it's a, I, I love it. And he, uh, even without Luck, even Brissett last year, he was the 25th PPR wide receiver, and that's with Brissett. So... The potential's there. Last year was his only time to not hit the thousand yards. The he has everything, and you can't trust that run game yet. So exactly, and the game script also. How many times are these guys going to be involved in shootouts? A lot. The Colts' defense isn't that great. I think even having a pair, a tandem, do the the double connect as they call it. That luck to Hilton is going to clean house certain weeks. It really is. I agree, and we'll get back to that on that uh, the stacking comment that you made because that comes into play here in a couple rounds from now. Um, in the fourth round, I I wanted to get it back because I, I really feel like it kind of falls off right there. And, man, Kenyon Drake was fantastic at the end of the year for the Dolphins. And, uh, you know, Frank Gore's there, so there's some risk that it might be a true committee, but 
I just believe in the talent. He was getting the ball a lot and producing big time at the end of last year. He's young. So I went ahead in the fourth round. I, I got my, my starting running back for my, my running back two and uh, Kenyon Drake. So, hey, and if, if anybody doesn't like my picks, call in, 713-780-3776. It's, it's called Mock My Mock for a reason. Uh, you know, you're welcome to get in here. But, uh, yeah, so I went with Kenyon Drake there. That's probably one maybe I'll get some, uh, I'll get some flack for. So, I don't know, Jerry, do you like that pick at all? you feeling him this year? I do. I do. Um, and it's a PPR. He catches a lot of passes. And I do. And his uh, his numbers were incredible to, to shut out the year last year. Um, the season, he ended it on a high note. Now, they did draft somebody in the backfield. Puts a little bit of cap to him. But if he can pick up where he left off, Drake is – he's wonderful. And, again, the game script's got to play to him, though. And the Dolphins – I don't think they'll be winning in the lead too many times this year. So, again, whenever you're leading, you run. Drake, he can catch, though, so he can play on rundowns, and he's involved in the pass game. So you really can't – the game script won't kill him no matter what's going on with the Dolphins. He's a player that, that – he'll have his role. He has his role. Um I like it. I like it. What do you got next? All right, we'll go real quick here, just my next two picks so we can hit a break. Um, my next pick, I was not planning on this. I usually like to wait on quarterback and wait and wait and wait. You know, take a guy like Matt Ryan in the 10th, 12th round, Breeze in the ninth. But Aaron Rodgers was sitting there midway through the fifth round, and I've already got Devontae Adams. So I pulled the trigger on Aaron Rodgers to have that stack, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, and then, you know, you got, you got Kamara, uh, you got Drake, and then Hilton as my other wide receiver. I mean, that's basically my starting lineup, you know, minus my flex and my tight end. And, but you will see here that by me taking my quarterback in the, in the fifth round, it made me weaker at tight end. So that's something to think about when you're drafting. If, if you go quarterback early or if you go tight end early, try and wait on the one that you didn't go early on and get that later in the draft. And you're just going to have to be cool with, you know, getting a guy that, you know, he's, he's kind of, you know, makes you a little nervous, but that's part of the deal because if you take your quarterback and your tight end in like the fifth, sixth round, you're going to be chasing running back and receiver. So, so right there, I went with Aaron Rodgers, And then finally the guy I was really pumped about who I took in the sixth round, who I told you about the Patriots, a guy that I'm excited about. I'm punching his ticket in the sixth round in almost every draft. And uh, I really love Hogan with the uh, New England Patriots. You know, Edelman's out the first month of the season. I think Chris Hogan could have a really big year. No, and I agree. Uh, the opportunity is there for him. And I, uh, I fully expect Brady to use somebody he has confidence in. And you know how that goes. We're up against a break here. I just wanted to throw something out. If you're listening right now and you want in on one of the listener leagues, we're going to get a little crazy today. We're going to just let it flow. If you want in, call in right now. We're going to sign you up. You'll be, hey, let's see who the first one is to get in one of these leagues. This is Moneyline 97.5. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline 97.5. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by Klein's Jewelry. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. Quick shout out to our sponsor, Klein's Jewelry. 
Like I said earlier, the place that he likes to make everything from custom. He gets a kick out of you bringing him a picture and saying, you can't make this. Oh, he's going to make it in-house, everything manufactured there. Everything from pendants, diamonds, any type of jewelry, watch repair. He does it all. Don't go to the mall and play overpriced. Don't don't get caught up trying to buy something you shouldn't have bought for someone who's probably not even going to be your girlfriend next week. <laughs> don't do it. Go to Klein, seriously, man. I uh, I walk into that store and it's he treats you like family. He really does. He uh, he works the prices with you. He's not going to eye gouge, uh, eye gouge you. And at the end of the day, that's why I go to Klein's. Speaking of Klein's, he will be sponsoring our leagues. He'll be giving out a uh, dime uh, or a gold championship ring for the men's league and a women's diamond pendant. So we're up against a break. We need to get through these quick, but for y'all listening to the first ever show, being part of the the ride, here's your reward. Let's get some people in this league. Tricky Nick, you're up first. Why do you deserve to be in the listener league? Yes, sir. Man, I'm after that ring. Give me that Klein's jewelry ring. I'm ready for it, man. We have our first contestant, Tricky Nick. You're in the league, my man. Stay on hold so we can get your info. Yes, sir. All right, thank you. Thank you. Stay on hold, please. Uh, next caller. Next caller, Terry. Why should you be in the listener league? Uh, how's it going, guys? Congratulations on your show. Thank you. Hey, uh, the reason why is probably because I'm the number one seed in Houston. Uh oh. Hey, hey, you heard him. Shots fired, folks. Shots fired. Terry, thank you for supporting the show. You're in the league. Stay on hold. We'll get you info. Travis, why. Are you the man to win the Listener League? <laughs> well, I can just top Terry because his ass is dragging when it comes to football. That's going to be my name. Your ass is dragging. <laughs> I'm I, love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Shots fired again. This is what we're looking for, man. We want the smack talk. Travis, you're in the league, my man. Yep. Thank Every- you, sir. Yes, everybody, please stay on hold. We'll get your information. We're going to get all these leagues filled out. Man, it's going to be fun, and all you guys are going to be calling in and, and – and talking a lot of crap to each other throughout the season. We're going to have a lot of fun. So definitely, everybody, if you missed out this week, call in next week. We're going to give away more spots. Thanks for listening, everyone. It was a blast to have you along for the ride. The first show, Cam, Josh, peace. Team strong, we'll break them out. Lay them down, then rake them out. Call roof like we're lying. When the sun, I, I drop the top. Face town, we shining. Red, white, and blue in that light. See you boys in the Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975.